I know we are all supposed to believe in ourselves, but what magic unfolds when someone helps us along by believing in us first? Today is the story of a great knight errant on a quest to help as many people as possible do just that. I'm Shannon Hayes, and you're listening to episode 34 of The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, The Knight Errant. Welcome to the Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience open Saturdays in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton, and I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and forthcoming Redefining Rich, Achieving True Wealth with Small Business, Side Hustles, and Smart Living, due out from Ben Bella Books in August 2021. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. I am I, Don Quixote, the Lord of La Mancha, my destiny calls and I go. Without looking up, Sersha grabs a green mug off the back counter and pulls his coffee. She pours the cream and checks the volume in the sugar bowl. <laughs> Not full enough. She tops it off, then pushes it all over to Ula, who brings it over to where Ron and Jeannie are sitting. And the wild winds of fortune will carry me onward, oh, whithersoever they blow. Jeannie joins him. Ula stands and waits until they're finished. Jeannie's drink order changes week to week. Ron's is always the same. Plain old cup of joe, lots of cream, lots and lots and lots of sugar. If this were a bar, you'd think they were drunk. You hear that, Bobby? Ron shouts over the din of the cafe back into the kitchen. That's your part. Bob turns off the dish sprayer and leans out the pass-through. What's that? Man of La Mancha! Ron shouts and jubilantly foists his fist into the air. Jeanie rolls her eyes and smiles, jabbing her thumb in his direction. 
He woke up that way, she shakes her head. He says we gotta do it. Do what? I lean out next to Bob, one skeptical eyebrow raised. Man of La Mancha! Ron shouts again. For the theater project, we could do it. Look at your guy, he's Don Quixote. I let my eyes travel up Bob's full length before staring back out at Ron. I'm only just recovering from the entire family's last foray into the theater project's production of A Christmas Carol. He's my dishwasher, I retort. I'm not sure how I feel about losing my husband to more nighttime rehearsals, about working bleary-eyed in the cafe after more late-night performances. Week after week, this goes on. One Saturday, Jeannie's gone, and Ron sits up at the espresso bar. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe. To bear with unbearable sorrow. To run where the brave dare not go. If you ask me, Man of La Mancha sounds like the most cornball production ever written. I read Don Quixote over 20 years ago. Nothing there struck me as musical material. I couldn't figure out whether it was tragic, comic, or powerfully optimistic. In my young adulthood, I was deeply uncomfortable with ambiguity like that, so I closed the book and thought little of it after. But now, I think about it. And I think Ron's idea is terrible. But he doesn't let up. Week after week, he comes into the cafe singing. This is my quest to follow the star. No matter how hopeless, no matter how far. <sighs> Finally, one night, we stream the movie starring Peter O'Toole and Sophia Loren. It drags so much, it takes us two nights to get through it. Two nights to think about this character with the droopy mustache. Two nights to consider the power of seeing the world not as it is, but as it could be. Two nights to ponder the character of Eldonza and her journey to learn to believe in herself with the help of one crazy old guy who cannot accept the world for what it is. Dulcinea, Ron sings to me one morning as I'm clearing his plate. I have sought thee, sung thee, dreamed thee, Dulcinea. Like hell, I call over my shoulder. Let's hear it, Shannon. Do it. I don't sing anymore. Except at home. I don't do plays. I was a painfully shy kid when I first met the stage. I was in fourth grade and had befriended Lisa, one of Ron and Jean's daughters. They pushed us both up there, where I learned to use my voice and push through my fears and introversion until the day came when my self-consciousness about singing on stage stamped out my songs, my introversion won out, and my need to write took over. And when that happened, Ron stepped out in front, leaping up to capture each of my words as they flew from my mind, reading them, saving them, cheering for more, for more, for more. But the truth is, it's just as scary to put words to paper as it is to sing in front of an audience. What if the ideas are scorned? What if no one wants to read them? But I knew I always had one reader. 
When I struggled most bringing my ideas out to the world, I knew there was one guy out there who wanted to hear them. (laughs) Maybe he was crazy. Maybe he was visionary, but he believed in me. And so I wrote. And from out of that believing came a writer. And then Bob and I wanted to build a cafe, and we didn't want to do it down in the village. We wanted to do it up in the mountains in our tiny hamlet that had been given up to history. And we needed to sell the idea, and we needed to raise money to do it. So we reached out to our friends and farm customers and asked them to buy ceremonial coffee mugs at $100 each to help pay for the espresso machine. Ron and Jeannie bought the first mugs. And we didn't know if anyone would like the food, and we didn't know if anyone would drive up the mountain. But we knew two people wanted to come out for coffee at our place. And they believed in us, and so we built. And from out of that believing came a cafe. They believed in my daughters and pulled them onto the stage, cheering at their tiny parts, cheering at their jokes in the cafe, cheering at their crazy outfits, cheering, believing, cheering, believing, until from out of all that cheering and believing grew these two beautiful, creative, funny young women. They thought Bob made the funniest faces, that he could tell a whole story with one wave of his hands. They believed him up onto a stage and into the hearts of countless new friends. And so one afternoon, while making soup in the cafe, I listened to an entire recording of Man of La Mancha, and I fall in love with it. So I listen again, and with Ron's words of encouragement in my head, I begin to sing. One pair of eyes is like another. I don't know why or who's to blame. I'll go with you or with your brother. It's all the same. And as my kitchen fills with the scent of sautéing onions and garlic, my voice swells until I'm certain anyone who pulls into the parking lot can hear my song as it drifts up through the vents and out into the world. And I'm no great singer. It doesn't matter. What matters is that someone believes just enough to let me unleash my voice and try. And in that trying, in that moment of believing, my heart soars in this rapture where the impossible is possible, where joy is present, and where life is eternal. The song will end. My voice will give out. But I had the moment. And it is in that singing when I realize the magic that is Ron Cleave. To believe every impossible dream. Because it is in that believing, in that striving, that we are most alive. Nine weeks after his diagnosis with leukemia, Ron lost his fight. He passed from this world on Sunday. In one moment, I'm fine. I'm relieved his suffering is finished. And in the next, I'm so damn sad. And everybody in my family is crying with me. The world has lost a great knight errant. 
He believed in the impossible inside every person he met. And for his love of adventure and believing, the world has been made a better place. Go in peace, Ron Cleave. We love you so much. All right, friends, here's the thing. 2020 has brought so much loss all over the planet. I don't think there's anyone who hasn't been touched this year. As some of you know, our family has always celebrated Samhain on October 31st. It's a day when we give thanks for the animals who give their lives for our health and our livelihood, and it's a day when those who have gone before us are believed to come back for a visit, and so we always prepare a special meal for them. This year, Samhain falls on a Saturday. We would like to use that Saturday at the cafe to honor the dead. We will have a Samhain altar set up there with photos of those we have lost this year. Ron's photo will be among them. If you are in town and you wish to add a photo to the Samhain altar, please come by and do so. All prepared food sales from that day will be donated to Ron's family to help offset their medical expenses. This podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon, and this week I'd like to send a shout out to my patrons Bonnie Friedman and Maureen Knapp. Thank you folks, I could not do it without you. If you'd like to support my work for as little as a dollar a month, please head on over to the Shannon Hayes page on Patreon and sign up. You'll have access to exclusive content, including back episodes of The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, and when the blog goes dormant for the winter, which is about to happen soon, you'll receive a chapter each week from my novel in progress, Angels and Stones. Don't worry, I'll make sure you have the back chapters so you won't be behind. And hey, did you see? The blankets are in. Each year, we send our fleeces to Prince Edward Island, where they're woven into the softest wool blankets you've ever felt. They're beautiful, machine washable, and they'll last for generations. We also have our wool processed into organic comforters and pillows. Wool bedding is naturally fire retardant, and it enables your skin to breathe easier and helps your body to thermoregulate better than down or synthetics. We can ship our wool bedding anywhere, so scroll on over to sapbushfarmstore.com and check them out. And, by the way, it's time for our October Comforter Special. Buy any wool comforter and we'll include a free wool pillow with your purchase. No coupon codes are necessary. Just buy the comforter before the end of the month and we'll automatically include it. And while you're there, don't forget to explore our yarn. Our wool is uncarbonated, which means it isn't dipped in sulfuric acid prior to spinning. This is a common industrial mill practice in this country, which strips the fibers of their lanolin. Rather, ours is just washed in plain old soap and water prior to being dyed and spun. That leaves us with lanolin-rich, colorful yarns that won't dry out your hands as you crochet or knit. Our skeins are 4 ounces, worsted weight, about 220 yards each. They're such a joy to work with, it's like candy for your hands. Now, moving along, it's time to order your lamb and pork shares. For those of you who've been following straight along, you've learned that Sapbush Hollow Farm, like so many livestock farms across the nation, lost access to our federally inspected slaughterhouses due to COVID-related upheaval this year. Here in Schoharie County, some of the backlog is starting to let up, but we're very slowly beginning to have access to limited amounts of processing. But if you have the means to order one of our whole half or quarter animal shares, I urge you to do so, as it is still the most economical way to acquire your meat. 
You can learn more about CSA shares at sapbushfarmstore.com. Sapbush Cafe remains open for outdoor dining and takeout. Bring a sweater. You can find us Saturdays from 9 to 1 for breakfast and lunch, but we're no longer open for dinners. It's too dark and cold. But we are extending our grab-and-go and pastry options, and the Liquor Authority is now letting us sell wine and beer to go. So with the coffee, the pastries, and the great meats, there's plenty of reason to come see us. If you're looking to stay in the B&B, we do have fall vacancies, but the weekend dates are going fast. Please be sure to book quickly. We'll begin offering last-minute midweek discounts soon, so be sure to check the farm-to-table retreat on Airbnb frequently to catch a chance to leave Peep Hike and enjoy some farm-fresh food at great prices. Now, to my fellow farmers, again, thanks for listening and thanks for the work you're doing. We're navigating through a lot of instability as a nation, and now more than ever, we need each other to be there to hold strong. We're weaving a new food system. We're trying to sow peace and sustenance amidst pain, loss, hatred, and confusion. We can get through this, and we can come through this period with a healthier planet, a healthier food system, and with greater justice and kindness. But we need as many people at the table as possible to make it work. So please remember, you cannot execute your calling if you are not well. Take care of yourselves. The work we can do to build health and restore community is endless, but we can only do what the day allows. Please be kind to each other. Then get some rest so you can keep going strong tomorrow. The work will always be there another day. Have a good week. This was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from memory. Thanks for listening and have a great week.